Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Today's subject is I'm a disciple at heart. I'm a disciple at heart. As you remain seated, I went to first the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number five, and verse eight. I usually only read one passage of scripture, but this subject is really all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but there's a few key scriptures that I want to read for the teaching of God's word today. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. On over to Matthew chapter number 13. You got a Bible with real pages. If you go right, you won't get left. Matthew 13 and verse number 15. Again, Jesus is speaking, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Remaining in Matthew 13, now in verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. On over to Matthew chapter number 15 and verse 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But their heart, it is far from me. And finally, Matthew chapter number 22 and verse number 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Let me hear you say heart. Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. I'm a disciple at heart. Father, I pray you would speak to us today. I believe, amen, your calling to follow you is going to go forth today to take our discipleship journey to an even greater and an even deeper level as a church. I bless your people today. In Jesus' name I ask. And everybody said, amen. You hear it a lot. People say, I'm really this at heart. Meaning, where I'm at right now and how I may look and how I may act is not who I really am. Deep down inside, I am really this. All right? We're in Kansas City. This is Royalstown, right? But there are people in here, you're a Cardinals fan at heart. I heard of that's right. Is that Brother Steve? <laughs> This is Kansas City. You're in Chiefs Town. And, but some of you, God bless you, you're a Raiders fan by heart. Oh. Some of you, you eat Kansas City-style barbecue in our restaurants and cook it up in your own backyard smoking the good stuff. You are Kansas City-style through and through. And I know there's some folks in here, you are Texas bar- barbecue by heart. You're Tennessee barbecue by heart. Oh, Lord. Well, 
You're in North Carolina by heart. But you put on an act and you put on a facade just to keep the peace. Let me tell you this, those same principles exist in our spirituality because some of you have to get up tomorrow morning and go to work, a job that you are thankful for and you are blessed to be a part of, but you work with some of the most sinful, darkest people in all of your life and you're trying your best to reflect the light of Jesus and to be the salt of the earth. I've come to tell you as a disciple, amen, even in the darkest and most unclean and sinful environments, amen, you can still remain a disciple of the Lord Jesus by heart. Hallelujah. Some of your friends, some of your family members, some of them may not live the cleanest and the nicest of lives. And maybe sometimes you worry because I'm grouped with them and I'm connected with them that other people may think that I am like them. I've come to tell you, amen, the light of Christ shines brighter than the darkness of the devil. The light of heaven shines brighter than the darkness of this world. And if you're a disciple at heart, you will stand out in this world. Praise God. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I felt a breakthrough in this worship service right there at the very end. I mean, God was moving right at the beginning, amen. God's already been moving even in our class time. But right there at the very end, there was a group of people that said, I just want to worship him a little more because he's worthy of it. And I loved him and you praised him a little more. And the anointing of God went to another level. Hearts were touched. Lives were changed. Healing took place, amen, because we couldn't quit, because we're worshiping. Worshippers at heart, hallelujah. We are believers at heart. It means deep down inside of us, no matter what is going on, we believe this truth. We believe in this word, hallelujah. If you are born again, you are born again at heart. You realize I am not of this world, but I am belong to something even greater And that is, amen, the life, my Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have got saints in here. You are a saint at heart. That just simply means that at heart, you are a heavenly citizen. To be a disciple at heart, it just simply means you observe this Jesus. You follow and observe this Jesus, and you do it as he did it. If you didn't pick up one of our brochures last week, we still have a lot extra at the entrance tunnels and the boxes, also some out front. This is something good to stick in your Bible, your journal, your notebook, your purse, wherever, right there on your mirror. We even got uh, magnets you can put right there on your fridge. And I got to reading over this brochure and praying over it, and something just simply stuck out to me. And it's right there in the middle, the plan. Number one, purpose in your heart to become a daily disciple, daily observing Jesus, daily walking with Jesus to be as he is. And a part of the main vision of this Give Me Five, which I think is so cool and so catchy, but not only that, it is so biblical. God wants us to give him five this year, five Bible studies, five prayers on location, five spiritual conversations, five social invitations, and five acts of service. 
These are not just TLC things, church. These are not just the vision of Bishop Gleason, but these very things are the very principles and practices of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus gave Bible studies. After his resurrection, he was walking down the road and walked right up to two people who were so confused about why Jesus had to die. The Bible says the Lord began to open their understanding to the Scripture. And through the reading of the Scripture and hearing the law and the prophets taught, their eyes were opened to truth. God wants to move upon you as you open up your Bible in front of your children, in front of your neighbors, and the revelation of God will come simply teaching and preaching this book. Amen. Jesus prayed for people on location. He had a large crowd following him. And one day a leper came up to him and said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Nobody else had ever prayed that. Everybody else just said, Lord, I want to be healed. Heal me. Some said, Lord, I've got a sick person at my house. Speak and let them be healed. The first time somebody who felt like an outcast, that's what lepers were because of their sickness and disease. They were quarantined always outside of the city. It's no wonder he had to ask the Lord if you are willing because nobody is ever willing to help me. I'm all on my own. But Jesus said, absolutely, I am willing. Amen. Be thou made whole and be thou made clean. Let me tell you what, prayer works on location. It works on location. It'll work here in a church service. It'll work out in the parking lot. It'll work in an elevator. It'll work in the food line. Amen. God wants to move in prayers on location. Hallelujah. Jesus had deep spiritual conversations. He would talk to people that not even his own disciples would talk to. He was there in Samaria, been walking all day, tired, ready for a nice cold drink at the well. And there was a Samaritan woman there. And the Hebrews and the Samaritans didn't have any dealings with each other. But Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost and be a light unto the Gentiles. And he talked to her and revealed things about her that he didn't to anybody else. And her eyes were open that this is the very Messiah that our people have been longing to worship. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, I've seen it happen in my own life. Amen. You just get to talking about the Lord and the Holy Ghost will move in that conversation. Start talking about him, what he's done in your life, what you've seen him do, what's happened here at the church, amen, and watch the atmosphere change wherever you're talking. Praise God. The Lord, amen, does social invitations. Yes, he does. He invited his disciples to his new house he moved to in Capernaum, fed them, took care of them. Social invitations, amen, work. God wants to move in them. And finally, yes, he did acts of service. Normally, back then, everybody wore sandals and a lot of people walked. You walked into the house with extremely dirty feet. And cleanliness is next to godliness, right? They would have servants that would get down and wash the dirt off people's feet. And Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, you are no better than these servants. But all of us, amen, all of us are worthy to have another person, a disciple, wash our feet. He taught us these things to teach the Bible to pray on location, to have spiritual conversations, to have social invitations, and do acts of service. All five of these things, you know what you're doing? You're doing it as Jesus did it. You are becoming a disciple. I believe the Lord is after not only the life, 
the time, the pure existence of every disciple in this room, but even deeper than that, God wants our hearts. Because if he has your heart, he's got your time. If he has your heart, amen, he's got your very existence. And Jesus said in the places we read, blessed are the pure in heart, so they shall see God. That's how you begin to develop a heart near the Lord. That's how you begin to become a disciple when your heart is pure for him, meaning you have no mixed emotions about what God is doing in your life. You have no offenses towards God with how things are going, but you always have a pure love and desire for him consistently. And let me tell you, it may be hard sometimes, but if you have pure motives and pure ambitions for the Lord Jesus Christ, you're the very type of person that's no longer going to be praying to carpet or praying to a back wall or a ceiling, but one day you are going to get to pray and worship him face to face because you had a pure heart. Praise God. He said, there's people that are following me. Their hearts have become, oh, so dull. You ever try to mow the grass with a dull blade? Doesn't work very good. You got to mow it three times just to make it look presentable. But if you will just take the time to sit down and sharpen up that blade, you're going to have a nice looking lawn. I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said, if I had six hours to cut down a forest, I'd spend the first four hours sharpening my knife, sharpening my axe. Your heart can become dull for God, meaning your heart isn't cutting through the darkness of this world. Your heart is not sifting through the things that you need to get out of your life and get out of your way and keeping that heart steadfast on God. If you will keep a heart, amen, that is sharp, just like his word, amen, you can have a connection as a disciple to him. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I sow my word. I throw it out there for everybody. But there are people that is like a sower. His seed fell among the wayside. It wasn't even near the field, but it was just right off the field. And birds come down and eat it. He said, that's exactly what it's like for people that hear my preaching. And then Satan comes and takes the word away from them, lies to them. You want to have a heart of a disciple to truly have it inside of you? Love the preaching of the word of God. Love the Holy Bible. Get into it. I'm telling you, it's not just a back then thing. It is right here and right now. You think Satan just gave up after the cross? Oh, no, he's trying to steal the word out of our hearts even to this day. You're the type of person when the preacher's up there preaching, you fold your arms and say, I don't like that. Oh, there's birds plucking the seed out of your heart. You listen to the preaching, you say, I don't believe that. I don't need that. What's that guy or that lady up there talking about? Could it be, amen, that God has a direct word from you right from this pulpit to change your life? How about giving God a chance and listen to him than the devil? Because his word brings life and the devil's word brings death. Be open, amen. Open your heart to receive from the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm tired of the devil stealing word from our hearts. I'm tired of the devil deceiving us. He did it to Adam and Eve. Don't think for one minute that just become to, you come to church that you're invincible. Oh, no, even in this very service out in the narthex to your car on Monday morning, the devil's going to try to get you to question, did God really say that? Did God really do that? You've got to learn, amen, with a sharp heart and a sharp mind and a disciple maker's life to be able to decide, amen, and decipher 
over what is a lie and what is a truth. Amen. If there's anybody in this room, amen, you feel bound up, I've come to tell you, the truth will make you free. It will make you free. It will make you free. Believe this truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus said, this people, though, they're so close to me with their mouth. They got a big mouth, and their mouth is so close to me. But their heart is so far from me. Understand this. You need to be able to say good things out of your mouth. You need to know how to talk to the Lord. It'll take your prayer life to another level. But when it's not in your heart, it doesn't mean much to God. He never forces anybody to praise him because it's not meaningful to him. He'll never force you to love him because he's not controlling. Oh, no. But he hung on a cross, amen, that people would willingly come to him. Does your heart belong to the Lord? Are you wholeheartedly serving him? All your feelings, all your emotions dedicated to the Lord, meaning you feel what you say. You feel what you preach. You feel how you worship. You do that. You're on your way to becoming a disciple at heart. Praise God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Let me hear you say love. The Lord wants your love. He wants your heart to literally beat for him. To give him all of your love and your affection. That is ultimately what he wants. Maybe you're reading these scriptures and hearing these scriptures and you know you've got some things to work on. I've come to tell you that becoming a true disciple, one that God loves, one that is so dear to him, you can do it. You can make it and you can become it. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Jesus taught us, do not be a hypocrite. Sometimes we tend to think that the hypocrites, they're those are the ones that are just really strict. The people that got a lot of rules. That's not really what a hypocrite is. You know, Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. God's not against rules. He's not against convictions. We've got a lot of them around here. But what the Lord is not really too keen on is when it's all an act. When you become no better than an actor or an actress in your life. Jesus one day is walking with his disciples. They weren't that educated. Didn't know the law and they passed by a Pharisee who's standing there on the corner and for hours and hours a day would just chant prayers walking back and forth, all memorized. And Jesus said, do you really think God is impressed with how much this guy knows? Do you really think that God likes memorized prayers? Do you think God really likes the vain repetition over and over? He said, if you want to do that, go to where the heathen are. But the Lord Jesus wants prayer from the heart. When you sit down with somebody, do you memorize what you're going to say to them? I've got some notes up there, but I'm already a little off my notes. Why? Because I want all of this to come from the heart. I don't want to have a memorized sermon. I don't want to have a memorized this or that or the other. I want it to all come from the heart. And you sit down with somebody and you pull out those papers and you start reading your conversation to them, it's not going to work. That's why, amen, when it comes to prayer, don't worry about messing up because God wants it to be natural. God wants it to be pure. 
and he wants it to be real. Even if all you got to say is, I love you, Jesus, if it's from the heart, it pleases the Lord. Amen. He loves a real prayer. He loves a real life. He loves it when you say, God, I'm not perfect, but you are. And if I stick close to you, your perfect is going to rub off on me. Hallelujah. We don't pray to be seen of men. We don't give to be seen. We don't fast to be seen. We do it only because of our love for God, because we're following him. It's not a show. It's not an act. I don't sing to be heard because I really don't got a good voice, to be honest with you. Everybody else in the family does except me. I just make a joyful noise, not a beautiful song unto the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> God doesn't care, amen, if you're a perfect tenor, a perfect alto, a perfect soprano, but you raise up that voice and sing the songs on that wall, how mighty God is, how great he is. Oh, God loves to hear it. He wants it from your heart. He wants to know, amen, are you willing to praise him like he wants to be praised and worship him how he wants to be worshiped and become what he is? It's not just enough to be a believer. It's not just enough to be a saint. It's not just enough to be born again, but the Lord wants all of us this year to become a true disciple from him right from within our hearts. They call Jesus a rabbi. In the Hebrew, it means teacher, a master, an educator. And the rabbis would go throughout the land and they would try to pick the best and the brightest and the smartest of students who knew the law and could quote it and could live it perfectly. Jesus never went to one high level of training school for a disciple. You know where he went? Down by the seashore. He saw fishermen and said, follow me. He saw tax collectors and he said, follow me. He saw farmers and said, follow me. That wasn't his nice way of saying everybody else has given up on you and I'm going to give you a try. No, not at all. He wasn't saying, you poor little guys, you've got nobody to hang out with. I'll be your friend. Oh, no. When a rabbi would say, follow me, it didn't mean come hang out. Come, let's have a get together. Oh, no, it meant I think you're good enough to be as I am someday. I think there is potential in you to do it just as I did it. The one, amen, who could teach and preach and thousands would come to hear him out in the wilderness. They would climb a mountain just to hear him. He said to fishermen, one day you can teach and preach like that. The man who could open up blinded eyes and open up deaf ears and cure leprosy and see, amen, the dead raised and the lame walk. He looked at a tax collector and said, you can do it someday. He looked at a farmer and said, one day I'm going to go up to heaven. Guess what? I think you're worthy enough and you can do that and be up there with me someday. And that's the call of Christ to follow me. Because I think you're good enough to do it just like I did it. He's calling out to bankers. He's calling out to doctors. He's calling out to lawyers. He's calling out to electricians. He's calling out to educators. He's calling out, amen, to those who are truckers, who are shippers, who do all of those things. He's calling out to those who work for the government. He's calling out to business owners. He's calling out to everybody 
You can do it as I did it. And if you follow me and stick with me, I'll never let you down. You see, a student studies from the teacher just to make a good grade. But a disciple doesn't care about the grade. They study from their master to do it just like he did it. And the Lord is saying, I don't want any of you to have original ideas, but if you will do it like I did it, I've got a plan that works. It'll reach the lost. It'll save you. It'll save your family. And if you will believe it and teach it and demonstrate it just like I did, amen, my glory will be manifested through you. Hallelujah. Never think for one minute that you can't do it. You look at Moses. He's 80 years old. He committed murder in the land of Egypt. Had a marriage that was a political arrangement. Fled from all of that. And he's out there in the wilderness taking sheep, taking care of sheep. You would think this is the type of person God doesn't want to have to do anything to do with. But that is the very same person, amen, that God said, I want to use you to lead my people and follow me, amen, into the promised land. He didn't manifest as the man Jesus Christ. He came as a pillar of fire and a cloud, amen. And they took him right there to the promised land. But our Lord Jesus Christ, as a mighty flame of fire through the Holy Ghost, has summoned many of us, amen, who are on the backside of the desert. Some of us who don't have the best of family situation. Some of us who have got a lot of sins in our past. And God is saying, I want to use you to lead people to heaven. Praise the Lord. And you can do it. Oh, yes, you can do it. They left their nets behind. They left their money tables behind. They left their farming equipment behind. They left their water pot behind. Sometimes I'll walk through this church after service, and it's amazing what people leave behind in here. I've seen diaper bags with dirty diapers in them. We want babies. I've seen cell phones. I've seen keys. I've seen journals. Never again will I pick up and read one of those. Don't want to know that about you. Not doing it. And for a long time I thought, how can people be so careless about their belongings? And then I realized when you have a great experience with God, you start forgetting things about this life. The cares of this world don't mean much. All the phone calls you got to make, they don't mean nothing. All the to-do lists, they don't mean nothing. But to walk away from it all just to learn from him means everything. Peter is in a boat. It looks like they're about to die. I've been up in an airplane when there was a great storm, and I thought I was about to die, and I thought, God, I may not be able to walk on water, but help me to walk on air if I've got to. If it, My Lord. Hey, anything's possible with God, amen. And Peter knows if I stay in this boat, I could die. And it looks like Jesus isn't dying, so I better get to where he is. You know why he got out of that boat? He's wanting to go where his Messiah is. He's wanting to go where his teacher is. He's wanting to go where the Lord is. He's wanting to be like his master. And he gets out and walks on the water. A normal man is starting to do what God has done. He took his eyes off him just for a moment. God is wanting to know, hey man, can you keep your eyes on him? 
Because if you can keep your eyes on him, you can walk wherever he walks and tread wherever he treads. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. When I first started preaching, I was about 18 years old and I preached in a small country church in southwest Missouri. And uh, I like country people, you know. You don't sneak up on country people, by the way. Never do that. Don't do that. And I didn't want to sneak up on anybody. And, uh, but while I was preaching, I noticed there was a lady in the back of the church, and the Holy Ghost kept talking to me about her. And the Lord kept saying, she has migraine headaches, severe migraine headaches. It came to me during the worship service, came to me while I was preaching, and I just kind of held it myself. But I thought, you know what? I might as well do it. I might as well just go for it. I'm here where nobody knows me, and I'm going to leave and probably never see any of these folks again, so I'm just going to step out of that boat and go where God goes. Because let me tell you something. God knows everything. I don't know everything, but sometimes God will share with me a little bit of what he knows about somebody else. Not to get into your life, but to edify you. Maybe give you a word of direction and maybe do a miracle or something like that. At the close of my message, I said, Sister, do you struggle with migraine headaches? And she looked up at me and said, Yes. And it's as if, how do you even know that? And I said, The Lord has spoke to me and said, You've got migraine headaches, and he wants to heal your body today. And if you come up here right now, we're going to pray, and God is going to touch you. I, I'm glad you're rejoicing. I was hoping she would have ran up there with her hands raised and shook her hair down and fell out and got healed mightily. That's what I hoped would have happened to look real powerful, you know, all that falling out stuff. I like it. But to my surprise and disappointment, she disappeared. She sunk down in the pews, and I thought, oh, my word, I've embarrassed her. You don't sneak up on people like that. I thought I embarrassed her. Everybody turned around and looked at her, and I said, are you okay? And everybody turned around and looked at me, and to my shock, this lady, I heard, and what I didn't realize was she was pulling all of her medication out of her purse. And she ran up to the altar, and she said, I don't like the way the medicine makes me feel. I'm not able to sleep good at night. I don't have energy. I've been taking all of this medicine just to be able to function without the pain in my head and in my back. And if God is going to heal me and be my physician, he can be my medicine. I don't need this anymore. What happened right there was pure faith. Now, we believe in doctors around here. Doctors have been good to me. I've taken medicine in my life. So don't don't everybody get rid of your medicine today, okay, if you're done. All right? You know what? That was a moment of faith, and she believed it because if God was going to heal her, she didn't need it anymore. And she dumped all those pills and bags and stuff. I mean, pills hit my shoes. And she raised her hands, and I could feel her faith. And began to, we all began to gather around her and prayed against those migraine headaches. And I watched as the look of anguish and pain left her face, and her headache left right there in that moment. Praise God. Praise God. I saw her about four months later at a Pentecostal convention, and she came up to me and she said, Brother Justin, I want you to know I had headaches like that for 25, 30 years, and ever since that service, I haven't had a headache since. I'm off the medication. I'm healed. I'm doing well. Hallelujah. That wasn't by my power, but it was by God's Spirit. 
Because the Jesus that I read about would go into small rooms and small houses and would minister faith to the sick and minister faith to the discouraged and to the demon-possessed and other things like that. And if they would just believe in him, they would walk out of their healed, they would walk out of their freed, they would walk out of their delivered. And the Lord is wanting to move upon the life church in 2023 to do it exactly how he did it because he's called us to be a disciple at heart. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. And if you have been doubting yourself, that's all right. Just don't doubt God. You haven't had all the confidence in yourself in the world. Let me tell you what, that is a big secret to be used by God. Because when you get up and think it's all about you, that's when you stumble. When you get up thinking, I'm going to do it just right, and something great is going to happen. Uh-uh. But when you are humble about this and you let God move through a holy boldness, that's how Bible conversations will come up. That's how acts of service will come up. That's how spiritual conversations and Bible studies and all the big give me five are going to happen. If you will just begin to do it just like Jesus did it. This altar call is for anybody who wants to get out of the boat today. This altar call is for anybody that wants to put the fishing net down. Want to walk away from your tax table, whatever you may be doing. To put it down and say, Lord, I accept your invite to follow you. I will follow you in this life. I will observe you. I will learn from you. And I will do it just the way you did it. Because there's no greater life. There's no greater life than to be a disciple of the Lord. Come on, who wants to learn from him? Who wants to take the yoke of Christ that's easy and lowly and pure in heart? Hallelujah. Come on, you need to be so close to him that even the dust of his garments and his shoes, amen, clings to you. So close to him, amen, you know exactly how he smells like the rose of Sharon. You know the sound of his voice like a sheep knows its shepherd. You know exactly how the Lord stands and how he walks and how he sits. And you start talking like him and imitating him. Because this discipleship is getting inside of your heart. Come on, somebody. Let it get inside of your soul today and your emotions and your feelings. Hallelujah. Being an actor, a hypocrite is hard enough. Amen. Why not try something real? Come on, somebody. Raise up your voice and say, I will follow you. I will follow you, my Lord. I will be like you. Hallelujah. He wants you. He's always wanted you. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.